Um, yes, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, we are glad to have you back. And we had a little mishap if you was on the last mishap, but these things do happen. Unfortunately, you know, we're still learning. I'm at 5G here. I thought 5G was worldwide, but my partner here says that it's actually 4G over there. So I didn't even know that. So I guess we're all learning technology day to day, right? <laughs> so if you're yeah. joining on this video, we are. I want to make this real simple because there's people that are joining in that's going to be new as well. But of course, we got to record this and this goes into post production and the rest is history. So, as you know, I'm a big fan of plane trains and automobiles. And one of the biggest things here that I love is I really, I think I'm really intrigued by black women that hold a profession. Now, of course, my sisters here throughout America, y'all seen them. You know, you, you've seen the two other airplane pilots, one from Atlanta, Georgia, another one from Mississippi. Or I think it was Mississippi. Um, but it was great. We, we, we had them on a basis of showing the profession, showing how much women need to get more credibility in doing what they do. Now, we're filled away. I said it right? Did I say it right? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she is a first officer, um, an airline pilot, and she is literally talking to us live from South Africa. So uh, give her a round of applause just for that. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is this is far. And one thing I want to start this off before I go any further is, have you ever, you actually flown a plane to New York City? No. Um, my airline uh, does fly domestic, regional and international. And I wasn't, I, I didn't fly international. I could have. Um, you, you do choose. And I didn't because I, I just had a baby. And um, so I chose not to do that because if you do the international route, you be gone for like a New York or Hong Kong trip. You can be gone for like over a week. So I don't want to be away from my family that long, especially a newborn baby. So I say to do uh, domestic and regional. Well, congratulations on your new baby. Congratulations on that. Um, you have two children. So how old are your two children? Uh, one is 14 and the other one is two. Oh, man. Oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> so this is beautiful. Um, I don't know if you guys found out in the last video, we hate to repeat things, but just give them a little quick layout of exactly uh, who you are, what you represent, and uh, your profession, etc. Okay. Uh, my name is Rufile. I'm a South African airline pilot, and um, I fly the Airbus A320. And I'm a wife, a mother of two, and, and I'm also ex-Air Force, ex-Air Force pi helicopter pilot. Now, you know what I was going to ask you? If they said Air Force, we want to know if you flow those those uh, those jets out there, because we know the jets be doing like 800 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, in, the, in the Air Force, I flew helicopters, and then now I'm on the Airbus. Wow, so you literally know how to fly a helicopter, too. Jesus. Yeah, that is actually the best flying. I mean, I, I do enjoy flying airlines, but flying helicopters, especially in the Air Force, because you do so many amazing things, and I think that's the best flying ever. Now, the thing is now, so you're saying now, you could literally go on a trip, right? Like, just say with family, and 
let's say, for example, you guys take a helicopter trip and a person's like sick, like, you know, oh, wow, you're like, oh, my God, you could actually, like we see in the movies, jump in that middle and take over that damn helicopter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, in terms of flying, I would think, I would maybe not necessarily compare it to a bicycle, but it's like riding a bike. If you've done it before, you just need to brush up on it. And 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 the biggest thing, I think, with flying, it's mainly the, once you've started flying already, it's the, it's the theory part, learning the, the technical side of the aircraft, learning the procedures, all the aviation laws and, and stuff. But in terms of the hands-on experience, once you've done that for a few years, it, it it's like second nature. That's second like nature. That's true. Like the same way how somebody would get in a car. Um, mm. I want to. I want to ask you. You know, this. This is a few things we want to get to the point of. But we know that this is a, a thing. Now in Africa, we know that in America it's very rare to see um, women or black women or black people, for that matter. I think the percentage here is like half a percent. Are there a lot of black women flying aircrafts in Africa? No, definitely not. Eh? Um, uh, funny enough, I just completed my degree, my BCom degree, and one of my and my last uh, my research paper was actually on um, it was on South African female pilots. I didn't really concentrate on black South African female pilots, but in terms of black, it's actually in terms of female, it's less than ten percent, and in terms of black, it's, it's way less, way way less. I mean, <laughs> probably. I don't know, probably less than two percent. Uh, the different airlines that I've seen in in South Africa, it's always less than 10, 10 black female pilots, and that's like a lot because some of them will have like one or two. So it's, it's it's really we still have a long way to go. There, there has been some changes since I joined the the, the industry fourteen years ago, but. It's not. It's not enough. So we still need quite a lot of other, like female pilots, to to enter the industry. Now the thing is, you you clearly know all of the airplane pilots, right? So I, what I want to know is here. There's a union called Sisters of the Skies. Now I want to know because if it's not, I want to be part of this, right? So is there a union of South African black? Well, South African female pilots, because you don't have to be black to be South African. A lot of people realize that. But <laughs> are there is there a union of South African female pilots that have some type of organization? No, not necessarily. Hey, um, there actually isn't. Uh, there's just a few. I think there's just a few individuals who do like outreach programs into like poorer communities or going to uh, like. Uh, high school kids just in introducing to them to aviation but in terms of the the, the qualified airline black airline pilots um female in south africa no we don't we actually don't have a union <laughs> okay we gotta we gotta talk about that behind the scenes that is definitely something i would love to do if you can literally yeah. put these women together and i could do a representation here in the united states forget it because We'll talk about that behind the scenes because that's something <laughs> that I would love to do. But um, I'm pretty sure you have other uh, female pilots that you, you're pretty close to. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, I've met some in the South African Air Force and then the airline um, companies that I work for. So, yeah, I do know a couple of them. Okay, so we're going to definitely work on that. Now, the thing is, um, 
I'm putting together a documentary. The reason why we are obviously doing this live because she is in Africa. She's with her family. She's with her husband. Um, she's with her children. And uh, she's six hours ahead of time right now. So they, that's how far that is. The question is, what is the, you know, the fact that you're in international seas and do you fly internationally? Like anything that's international here would be once we go out to the United States. So how far do you fly or is it as local? Like how does that go? Like as far as your furthest, your furthest journey? Uh, well, as I said, my uh, airline would be, it has domestic. So that's within the country. And um, the furthest flight is to Cape Town, which is a two hour flight. Right. And then there's re regional uh, flights. Uh, we go to Mauritius, uh, which is an island uh, destination, a holiday destination, which is about four hours. And the other um, places in like West Africa uh, that we go to. Wow. And in terms of international, New York is one of the places. I'll probably give away my airline. <laughs> uh, but New York and as far as Hong Kong. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give that yeah, up. But... So if you if you use it some common sense, it's funny. Uh, quickly, DJ Sefix wants to know Airbus. What model want to look at? Them. I mean, she did say it, so let them know again. Uh, it's an Airbus A320. Basically, that's a big MF. That's a big. <laughs> that's a big. <laughs> so so oh, hold yeah. on. How many passages is on this monster plane? <laughs> Airbus A320, it's more of a domestic regional aircraft. It's, it's not used for like international aircraft. So for the uh, international aircraft that are going to New York and stuff, it will be uh, usually the Airbus A340, like four engine or A350, which is a newer Airbus. So it will depend on how far out you need to go. So, uh, because as I said, I, I, I've just been flying domestic and regional. I've been on this A320. A320. We're going we're gonna, to, so Airbus A320. Now, this, this bus, this bus is literally probably like, this is your baby. So you, you, you see one of these, are you able to pick out the planes when you go into it? Like, I want that one today. I, I like this color. Like, how does that go? How does that go? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with 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 the Airbus, well, well, I would fly the Airbus three one nine and three twenty. They're very very similar. Basically, the same aircraft. They're quite similar, but um, a lot of people like the A three twenty. It's 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 a it's a better aircraft to land. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do actually end up having like your favorites. But in terms of the whole fleet, all three A three twenties are basically the same in terms of in your airline. So this is this is the Air three twenty right here. So this is this is the one yeah. that you you know not not just this doesn't mean that she works here, but this is the plane that you actually, <laughs> you actually <laughs> so this is this is the A three twenty here. Yes, yes, it is. Oh wow! Okay, so you 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 are in the right side of that bus, and then you have your captain. Yes, the captain sits on the left. The first of this is on the right. But um, so it's, it's what you get on the left, you get on the right in terms of the controls, the screens, and then okay. the switches uh, you share. It's the same, yeah. Now, 
This is enormous. Do you ever ride in your car and see one of these coming in and landing in and saying, damn, I actually I actually operate that. <laughs> I think in the me. beginning, in the beginning, I think it was very surreal. Like I would see this aircraft like I can't believe. Actually, I think my first time um, taking off in Airbus D20 at, um, I because I, I came from um, the Air Force. So I was flying helicopters. So I didn't use a lot of runway and stuff. So when I was actually flying this big, bigger aircraft, on a bigger runway, it was actually quite surreal. Like, wow, this is, I'm actually doing this. I'm controlling this aircraft. But uh, then you get used to it over time. I'm trying to be cool because, you know, I, I get a little extra with this because this is like a big thing. <laughs> so I'm really trying to really be cool right now. So this is like, so, let me ask you a question because I got so many different words. Um, I asked an airplane pilot this, and, uh, and she almost told me an answer that really shocked When you're up in the sky about 40,000 feet, have you ever seen anything in the African sky that wasn't supposed to be there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think for me, no, nothing. I haven't experienced anything weird. No. Uh, for me, it's just flying these these regional long flights mm -hmm. at night. And I've seen like shooting stars, like not like one shooting star, like so many shooting stars in a like short period of time. So for me, that's been something like very amazing. Normally on the ground, you'd only be like you see one star. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, yeah, one great experience. But I know I haven't seen anything weird. Because you know. <laughs> yeah. Although, <laughs> flying helicopters, right. I have I have flown near uh, an active volcano. So I've seen inside a volcano. So that's what? one amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. God, where, where was this volcano at? Where? Where was it at? <laughs> In uh, the Democratic of Congo. It's Central Africa. Yeah, there's wow. this massive active volcano. So I've actually flown. Let me not say how close, but I, I've seen the inside of a volcano. Oh, <laughs> my volcano. God. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be cool. So hold on. Okay, so when when you're operating this, that you see this volcano, you're close to it. Have you ever seen like and I know this is such a rhetorical question, but have you seen elephants or animals and stuff like that from the uh an aircraft or a helicopter? I'm talking like wild animals because you know, of course, in Africa, we, we you have animals that we don't have here. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, no, <laughs> no, not. Are you talking about like flying and I see like animals on the ground? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Like um, when I was flying helicopters, um, mm -hmm. we have a place called the Kruger National Park in South Africa. It's a huge uh, tourist. Um, like destination, it's just uh, the big we have the big five, like all lions, elephants, you name it. And I've flown helicopters there, low level, and I once saw like a pride of lions, but like probably over, 
probably like 30. Like I've never seen so many lions in one place before. Because normally when you do like a game drive, you see, you're lucky to right. see maybe four or five lions, but we saw like 30, over 30, flying low level. And then we circled them a bit and then flew away. So I've, I've seen so many amazing things. Uh, mostly flying helicopters because you get to see, fly low levels, so you get to see more. <laughs> okay, uh, we want to get a little bit of history on Africa right now because you have like a double thing going on. Not only the fact that you're an airplane pilot, but you are from the motherland. You are from you live in a motherland, <laughs> you, and I feel that there's a disconnect here because in my country. United States. There's a lot of black men that travel. They travel to these Latin countries, whatever. They do what they do for that reason. And it's a little it's a little discouraging and a little disappointing to me. I don't understand how there are so many sisters around this world. And why is it that you feel that we don't see enough Americans in Africa? So, like, let's say, even though you're not flying international right now, there's still this huge country that you live in, continent. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that there's a disconnect with American Blacks versus Africans? Yes, uh, definitely. I think, I, I think I, I'll have to blame mostly the media for that. Um, because there's so many misconceptions about South Africa and Africa as a whole. And I mean, Africa has so many countries, so many beautiful countries. I mean, I'm, I'm still yet to visit a lot of like African countries. Um, like for example, uh, like what you're saying is what you see on TV, the, on the media, they'll usually show you like the poor, the poorer side of Africa, hungry children. And yeah. yes, those things exist, but that's not what, Africa is. I mean, it's like if I, if you show me like the not so great side of America and then I take it as it is. So I think the media is not showing enough of uh, our beautiful country and our beautiful continent. Uh, but I think uh, more and more people are starting to, well, be before COVID, let me say before COVID, before when COVID. more people are starting to visit um, like African countries in South Africa. I mean, once you come here once, a lot of people actually return because there's so many things to see in South Africa, so many beautiful and different places. You get the ocean, you have the, the, the mountains, and then you have the wildlife, so many different. I mean, we still um, visit like South African tourist destination, even now, like new places yeah. that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Now, uh, geographically, for anybody that's sleeping under a rock, can you break down pretty much uh, uh, and this is such a crazy question, but it has to be answered. People don't really realize yeah. Africa, the continent, given the breakdown of South Africa, East Africa, um, mm. Congo, you know, give them some, some more because I feel that Americans are not educated on truly what Africa is about. I think, I think they, they're just not. So without going to Google, can you give them a layer? Which is it's sad that this is like this, but what do you do? Um, yeah, I mean, Africa is massive. It's huge. Um, I'm from South Africa, which basically the south of Africa. 
I mean, imagine Africa is that big. We like right here at the bottom. So there's so many other countries um, that you can visit. And um, you have like your Kenya, you have your Tanzania, you have, I mean, there's so many. I can't even, I can't even name them all. There's so many. You just have to go look at a map. And if you want to visit any of those places, just have a look at like tourist attractions in those areas. There is just so much. I can't even like go into it right now because I, I wouldn't stop. But um, yeah. South Africa is right at the south, southern tip of um, Africa. And uh, yes, I, th I think a lot of Americans tend to just call it Africa, but there's so many countries. Unlike North, North America where you have Canada, you have the U.S. and stuff, we have so many that you can't just refer to any place as Africa. Um, do you feel that, you know, being in a, you know, we, we have this impression that in America, African men are very tough. Was there ever a time that you was not able to, to operate a plane in your country because you were a woman? Was not to operate. Are you talking about before my time? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think with us, remember South Africa, we came out of apartheid. So with us, it was more of a racial thing than a gender thing. So the gender, yes, obviously plays the role like it does mm, worldwide, um, like even in the US. But we, we came from a place where as a black person, you couldn't fly. You know, you I mean, there were so many aspects. Yes, in, in, in South Africa, I mean, we came from apartheid. So um, a lot of the pilots are younger because um, a lot of us only started getting into the industry in the past 10, 20 years, if you're lucky. These, I mean, the ones that joined like 20 years ago, they're very few, far between, and uh, it would be a few uh, black male pilots. But in terms of female, only in the past 10, 15 years, it's it's... Yeah, it took us a long time, but mainly it's the, it's the race thing. It's it's because we came from apartheid, we had to start from from scratch. Oh my gosh! So, um, have you ever dealt with any significant racism? I mean, I know you have to be somewhat careful because you ought to be like, I heard you talking about work, and that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you ever came? Have you ever? Within the 15 years, I don't want to put nobody out there that you, you know, co-pilots, but within the last 15 years, have you ever experienced a mode of like, just total, like, they see you come in and they're like, so your captain was on some, like, they didn't want to talk to you, but they just were surprised or, you know, I know here in, in, in the States, they have to be real careful with that because if a woman even snips one nick of a problem, that guy could be in a lot of trouble because... Women empowerment is huge here in America. Like he can't even look yeah. at her. So is that does that apply mm -hmm. to the same way here in, in in Africa as well? Yes, uh, I mean because we there's so few of us. Uh, it's still an industry that's uh, very male dominated, very white male dominated. So um, yeah, you 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 do get like undertones of racism, and then some are just straight out like obvious you know and um a lot of us ex experience that i mean even not just in the aviation industry i think in so many other industries we still 
we still have that uh, quite uh, present. And um, in terms of flying, yeah, you do, even from the passengers, they, it's, I mean, I've had, um, I'll say one example was uh, I landed in Johannesburg, very nice landing, smooth landing, and then the air, the, the passengers as they're disembarking the aircraft, they sometimes get in the flight deck just to say hi and everything. Mm -hmm. And this one old man just came in and says, um, greets the captain, doesn't greet me, doesn't even look at me. And then he says to the captain, yes. And then he says to the captain, oh, very nice landing. And the captain said, oh, um, that it, it, it wasn't my landing, it was the first officer's landing. And the guy didn't even turn and look. He just said, okay, bye. And he left. So it's like he couldn't believe it that I, I did. And I've had another time where somebody comes in and also I had a, it was my landing, did a great landing and um, asked, and she, the, the person came in there and asked who did the landing. The captain said, I did it. And she says, oh, wow, are you still training? Like, still no, I'm not training. <laughs> why, why would you assume I'm training? You know, like, so you, you do get it from passengers. You do sometimes get it from your colleagues and um, still something that we, we we deal with. So, yeah, unfortunately. You, you, you know, it's, it's just really sad because, um, you know, clearly the man could even give you any credit. Um, but see, you in the ability of, and, and, and what you're doing shows that you clearly overcome it. But it's just sad that, no matter what you do, see, if you live for others, that validation would have really destroyed you. But knowing yeah. that you believed in yourself, you knew you were able to accomplish anything. Like, I just landed this plane, you clown. Like, you could have said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You could have said, listen, you bozo. Like, yeah, now I got to get a little hood on you. But you know what? It's cool when you know that you keep your integrity up and you know what it is. But, um, has it ever been a situation? I know as pilots, you guys um, see somewhat, but I, I'm hearing that the, the the crew sees a lot more the of crazy stuff on the airplanes. <laughs> so, uh, what was the craziest thing you ever heard that happened on an airplane in regards to somebody seeing the craziest thing? You see, somebody doing something crazy. Yeah, somebody doing something crazy. I mean, you can't really see that because you're clearly operating. Yeah, way, yeah. You can't be um, like, hey, I think you know, be quiet back there. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time where there was a time where um, we had to divert. Uh, we couldn't land at our destination because of the weather. Because sometimes the weather, you, it'd be so bad that you, you, it's out of the aircraft's limits and you can't land. So we had to divert. So we landed somewhere else and we couldn't, the passengers couldn't dis disembark. So we had to wait for the weather to clear a bit so that we can just refuel and go back. And this one passenger, so obviously we're waiting in there 30 minutes. There's so many aircraft that diverted. So we're waiting to refuel and then waiting for the weather, basically. And this one passenger was like shouting at the, at the flight attendant. And later on, the captain got involved just trying to find out what's happening. And it, it, this guy was like, he had to be in a meeting in like 30 minutes, the most important meeting of his life. We don't care. We don't understand his business. And 
he wants to get out because um, the destinations weren't weren't actually too far away from each other. They were like 15 minutes in terms of flying, but right. uh, driving also like within an hour, like it wasn't too far. So this right. guy was like, I want to get off at this diversion uh, and, and I'll take an Uber to where I need to go. And we said, no, you're not allowed to disembark because uh, the final destination is not this place. Right, and right, right. that guy was just screaming and hitting the, 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 the like uh, doors and shouting at the cabin crew. Such a huge, yeah, he's like basically started a fight. But luckily, the pa- other passengers like apprehended him and like calmed him down. And eventually, like 30 minutes later, then he, he, he relaxed a bit. But yeah, I think that was the most intense I've seen because that guy was out of control. Now but here, luckily it was on the ground it wasn't in the air so oh, okay. that was another thing the well, minute you know, here, the air, that's a whole different ballgame the military let me tell you something if that happened here at jfk airport they would have locked him up and took him off the plane yeah i think we were like a few minutes away from calling the cops to come get him like i think i think that's what made him like get like calm down after a while because they told him that if you get out you're getting arrested you're not going to meet him so rather wait here and then we'll go back to the de- destination so yeah and then probably in the in the air i would say the most would have been when we had uh, somebody who who passed out in flight and then luckily we were close to our destination so we just called in and they got the ambulance and we got priority landing and yeah, when we landed parked and it was a quick, yeah, but that wasn't, it wasn't a major event. Yeah. Luckily we were not, we didn't have to divert or anything. So you never see nobody like running around playing naked or nothing like that. Nothing crazy. Like no, that. Luckily <laughs> not. <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> no, let me... I don't want to see that. <laughs> Let me ask you now. So it is you are the one talking in the plane when it's like you know prepare for takeoff and we're landing here and uh, right now it's uh, fifty degrees wherever we're crossing over the Congo. You, you you're the one saying that. Yeah, in in airlines, well, I think most airlines, um, it's it's fifty fifty. So you, you you divide the legs. So if we have to go to Cape Town and back. Uh, I might go to Cape Town and then the captain might fl- might fly back from Cape Town to Joburg. So when the, the one that's flying will do that those announcements in terms of weather, what time will be landing and all those. So it's actually 50-50. So in terms of flying and talking and uh, doing the radio work with the air traffic controllers, it's a 50-50 thing. We share the, the, the workload. Now, how far are you from becoming a captain? How long does that take for you to do that? <laughs> that actually, it's it's very weird in terms of airline because um, okay, with, with with in the avi- aviation you get three types of licenses. So you get a PPL when you just started. That's the one where you can't you can't get paid for it. So you normally you won't get a job. And then normally then you do your hour building and then you get to your commercial pilot license. That's when you can um, get a job. So most people, that's where when they enter like airlines and stuff, they have a commercial pilot license. And then the last, uh, the, then it's, then you get the ATP, so the airline transport pilot license. So uh, that's the last, the highest obtainable license. And that's the one I have. I got it five years ago. So the minute you get that, technically you can become a captain. 
but the restriction now comes with the, the airline you're in. You might join one airline, and if you have that license, the, um, their requirements might be if you fly for them for three years, you can be a captain, or for five years, then you can be a captain. And then, or if there's like a long list of first officers that you found there that mm -hmm. still need to become captain, it can take 10 years, it can take 15 years, depending on the size of the airline. So becoming a captain, it's not, uh, at, once you have that, that license, you can no, become a captain. Have, the one you have is, is the, yeah. so that license. Yeah, so I've, I've had it for step. five years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had it for five years now. So depending on the airline, if I was flying, if I know for one airline uh, that I know you can become a captain after five years, so I would have, uh, I would have been eligible to become a captain. Uh, but for other airlines, it takes longer because there's just so many people waiting in line. So it's not mostly about the, at that point, you already have the experience. So at that point, it's just about waiting in line. Now, are you, which is incredible, um, are there any black captain, female captains? Nope, not in the airlines. What? Nope, not airlines. Yeah, that's how far far behind we are. <laughs> you know, no, that's that's uh, that's interesting because I I, I need that. I'm pretty sure there's captains here because the Sisters of the Skies. Mm -hmm. I'm, I think there's a couple of captains. Yeah, here. yeah, I've seen I've seen in the US. They are. I've seen a few captains um, on Instagram pages. I've seen a few of them, but in South Africa. Airlines, no. Um, in the Air Force, wow. yes, there are a few, but also like a handful. Um, you're going to be the first captain. <laughs> I'm telling you, watch. I'm telling you, watch. I'm going to make sure that. You are going to be the first female captain. I, 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 I see that. Because you know, let me ask you a question. Would you be able to do that job right now? Yes, uh, it's basically in terms of the hands-on and stuff. It's basically what I've been doing. It's basically what you do as a first officer. Uh, it's not as a captain. It's just now about the responsibility and accountability because it's a huge leadership position. So you're responsible um, for the everybody on the aircraft. So as a first officer, but but as the captain, you're accountable. Something goes wrong, you you have to answer. So. Yes, I, I I am ready. Um, so yeah, we'll just wait and see. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm telling you, because I mean, you would be a captain to me if I was flying a plane, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would know. Not to say that I would know, but if I still, you would still have to be over me in the supervision because you have to, you have the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here, um, I know captains could make up to a half a million dollars a year in America. Is the pay scale the same out there, or is it is it the same as far as like it's, you know how, how does that work? It it all depends on the airline or the company you're working for. There's um, some airlines that are not so great, and other airlines which have much better pay and benefits. So. I, I'm not sure in terms of comparison, but I know like they had been like from South Africa. A lot of people had gone to your Emirates and your Cathay Pacific and like for better 
uh, pay and stuff. But yeah, it's it's still good, but it depends on the airline. Now you're able to come home every day, or you're able to be home with your family every day. Yeah, the, the the reason why I decided on staying on domestic and regional was so that I can be home more. Um, I'll still um, fly, like you might get a night stop. Uh, maybe a, you a lot of times you you gone maybe for one night, and then the other flights are like return same day, return same day, and then another time then you gone for a night or two nights, and then you're home for three days. So it was actually it was quite a nice balance of. It's like a nice balance of flying and 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 home time, so that's what that's yeah. what I enjoy about it. Where while with international, you'll be gone week. for long, yeah, over a week. But then when you come back, you off for a while, but then you like jet lagged and you're tired, yeah. and then you're back again. So that's why I prefer the domestic and regional flights. Domestic, that's something I never knew. That so domestic and regional flights is the way to go if you still want to have a life with your family. Yeah, yeah, you're home more often. Yeah, you don't, you still do night stops, but not so often. Or, and they all, they're not, um, I mean, gone for one night and then the other flights where you return the same day. So you actually still get to see your kids every day, almost every day. And um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's different for everyone, eh? but for me, that's, 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 it works, works wonders, yeah. Now, yeah. um, what do you guys have? I know you guys have privileges. I know here we have buddy passes when there's somebody that knows somebody that works in the airline. Do you guys call it the same thing there? Like, I mean, not to be ghetto about it, but like, hey, hey what's going on? I'm going to be in Africa. I need, to get a <laughs> I need to get a discount. What do you guys call that? Because we call it a buddy pass. Yeah, it's, it's something similar um, where it's different with every airline, but I know with mine, it was at some point changed where it, it wasn't just anybody, it had to be family and uh, you, yeah, it had to be family and you register them like on a, like online and something. Right. And then, yeah, so it could be like your, obviously your immediate family gets like the best, the good deals and stuff. And then um, while your parents and your baby siblings and stuff, they also get a discount, uh, but you couldn't do like with friends and stuff. Yeah, but it's still same same thing. I think most airlines, if you work for an airline, there are those benefits. I'm going to do that, right. I'm just letting yeah, you know, if, yeah. I'm coming from, if I'm going to Africa one day, I'm going to be like, hey, Philip, what's going on? We got to talk to these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the thing is also, um, there's so many different levels to this. Now, living in Africa, I want to go back because I think, I think you know, Africa is an amazing continent. Uh, how could you encourage not only the Americans, but how do you encourage black women, uh, women out of America? Because people think that people in that South Africa is just always black, white people too, right? Yeah. See? So how do you how would you encourage more women to to be in the position that you're in? Because it's clearly lack of it. I mean, I already know you're gonna be the first female captain. I'm gonna cover that story the minute this happens. Because once we get this once we get this organization together, it's gonna happen. Cause I'm gonna be like, hey, there's a problem here. Cause I can talk, they can't say it. I'm gonna be like, listen, um, I have five women here that are all female pilots. Something is wrong with this picture. I guarantee that, but I'm serious. I'm serious about that. So how would you encourage yeah, yeah. women to, to fly? Because there's a lot of people here in America that's listening, and they're like, you know what? 
I don't know what I want to do with my career. Um, I don't know if I'm too old. Um, I want to do something that's challenging, such as this. How would you encourage them to get into the actual aviation profession? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, if uh, somebody that's already like older, like up, already chosen another career path and they'd like to change it, um, obviously you have a, a, a passion for it, which is which is great. Uh, but I'd say uh, start like going around. There's so many flying schools or the, the, the great thing nowadays is social media. I mean, Instagram, you can search for any like pilots, there's so many pilots that share their stories on Instagram and, and Facebook, and you can follow them and actually get to firstly, get firsthand a day in the life of a pilot. Is it really something that you want to do, passionate about? And um, I would really encourage them to, to, to uh, basically pursue, to p Nathaniel? Yeah, man, I'm just, I had to give you an exclusive, keep going. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> you were breaking up there, did you? Do you hear me? Can you? Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, you disappeared for a while, so I'm not sure if no, you I, heard everything I just did. No, I heard everything. I was giving you the exclusive. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted them to see that, that African princess. <laughs> 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 so that's what they should do. So, so now the, the thing is... Um, you don't know if, like you said, you don't know if it's any better, but at least in South Africa, they can still do an aviation school. doesn't matter if it's in America. doesn't matter if it's here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of countries have uh, their own flying schools. Um, in South Africa, we have a lot of uh, great flying schools. So I'm sure it's the same in, in, in the United States. And um, so basically just researching in terms of great uh, flying schools, they are quite expensive. Flying is a very expensive um, uh, yeah, career to get into. So in, in South Africa, a lot of people try getting sponsorship. It's difficult to because it's 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 such a, it's so expensive. But getting the sponsors, uh, getting it sponsored um, through government or private companies is great. I was lucky enough that it was through the South African Air Force mm -hmm. uh, because if you're paying it out of your pocket, it can really really get um, yeah. It's it's very draining. So I wouldn't unless you like rich rich. I wouldn't right. recommend. Um, taking it all the way from your out of your personal finance, and maybe the first um, license, which is the PPL, right. and then maybe from there on, trying to get some kind of sponsorship. I think that would be the best route to take. Or, um, but yeah, in terms of um, encouraging other like people, females to join the industry, I think the best place is. Um, we, we, we usually like approach schools. We approach like high schools, especially um, in like your more disadvantaged areas where they don't have like access to the internet a lot or access to, or like airports and, and, and they don't know that black female pilots exist, you know? So we yeah, usually go there. I mean, just, just showing up there with your, your, your uniform, that's like a huge yeah. thing for them. So um, that's what we do. And um, we just talk to them. Like, 
explain to them what we do, show them like the pictures of the aircrafts we fly. And uh, they just, a lot of them are just so motivated and they wanna, and then they wanna pursue that, that, that uh, career. But if we don't go to the schools, they'll never see that what is actually possible, you know? Right. So for me, that's that's like a big thing. That's uh, hopefully over time. I've actually seen in South Africa, there's actually more and more female um, like pilots who just starting up with training and stuff. So it's 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 great. I think ten years from now, it'll be a much bigger uh, number than what we have um, now. It, it it should. I, I think the more I think what we need to do. I mean, clearly this is not the last time we're working together, but. Um, when you do come into, or whether I'm in Africa, I don't know, but when you do come into the United States and you come into JFK, the International Airport here, or New York, Newark Airport, because I live near both, um, I would love to do something where we could actually go to a school. And, and, and I, think, I, think, I think these young African women here need to see another African woman, because I don't, there's black women, but to see an African woman from their hometown, from their mother's hometown, that's a big mm. deal. And I think yeah. we, we need to do some footage on that. I mean, as long as I press record, that's they see you here on U.S. soil talking to another, yeah. another African woman. We'll go to an African neighborhood here. But I yeah. think once they see that, that will be something where they're going to look at you as like a hero. It's like, it's like a person coming from the Navy and they're coming home. And they're like, yeah. oh, you, you, right? you know that. So uh, I yeah, would love yeah. to keep in mind, when you do come to America... We have to make sure we do that. I have to say this now because I want this to be documented because I want to know that I got to get you in on this because I am, I am, I am very, very determined that you are going to be the first <laughs> captain. That is because here you would have been. You know what I mean? And we would have just been like, "Oh, there's no other captain." Oh, excuse me, there's no captain <laughs> in America. That shit would have killed. It would have like, oh, "Okay, I." <laughs> so, that's a thing. Now, you know what? I love it. Go, go back to Africa. I, I was told that from a lot of African people that I know, um, they were speaking in terms that, do you guys finance houses? In other words, I was told that whatever you have there, you own. Like here, we, 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 we're in a lot of debt. We, we, we borrow money from the bank to buy a house and we don't own it for another 30 years. I heard in Africa, you own that. You know, I have a friend from Senegal. She's from Senegal and She's here. She she has a hair business here. She makes some money, but she speaks in terms of how things are in her country. Is that true, or do you guys you want them nice because she so borrowed some, money? No, for some South for some African countries, it's true. I've heard there are African countries where if you want to buy a car, you have to buy cash and and stuff like that. In South Africa, no, it's very similar to the U.S. in terms of uh, we buy. Um, we get a mortgage basically for a house and wow. also your cards or loan, uh, monthly repayments. So in South Africa, it's very similar. You, 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 um, there are a lot of people that are in debt, use of credit card and all that. So, but I, I think it's a lot of some of the other African countries I've heard that they buy um, cash, most of the stuff, yeah. Wow, okay. So what would you say that's, because it seems like South Africa is very similar to the, to the states in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Do you have a mode of, of, is it a career that is obtainable to, like, in other words, would you ever want to come to the United States? Or 
South Africa is doing everything or giving you everything that you need for you and your family. Oh, you mean would I ever want to come immigrate? to America? Yeah, to ever come to America to move. Uh, no, I, I love South Africa. <laughs> mm. um, I, I love South Africa. I, I mean, um, actually, I was in New York before before COVID. Eh? We, we, my husband and I uh, went to we were in Manhattan. We were doing all the touristy stuff there. Eh? Right. Um, but um, I, I love going on holiday. I love traveling. I mean, of course, I'm a pilot, so I love going, seeing, experiencing new things and stuff. But I love my, my home. Um, I love the food. I love the people, the culture. It's so diverse. I, I think I'll struggle to live in another country. It's not impossible. I mean, yeah. If we, I think I'd leave if we really had to leave, not because we want to. I don't think we need uh, to. Yeah, yeah, both of us. No, no, we don't. Uh, no, both of us. Yeah, both of us. It's great here. We love it here. Our kids go to great schools. So, yeah, no. <laughs> you know what? Because you know what? I always ask, like, if people leave such an incredible country, I, I'm, I'm in America. Like, why do y'all come here? So many Africans that moved here. But you obviously have opportunities. That kind of wouldn't make no sense. Like, you're, you're doing what, what most people would love to do. To have a profession, to have a career such as that, so I'm pretty sure that it's common that people that do come here. Um, great answer. Uh, in regards to cooking, you know, you said cooking is you know food is a big thing there. Um, but you guys don't suffer from obesity. It's kind of like you guys stay in shape. You know, between you and your husband, who's the one that does the cooking or who cooks? I would say I do most of it, but he does he does it a lot actually. He would I would say 60-40. He actually does cook quite often. And when I would um like I would be flying, let's say if I come back late from a flight or if I'm on a night stop, he does the cooking and he actually cooks very well. He actually makes like mean lamp stews and mean like he's he's a very good cook, so I'm lucky in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. I think he is actually cooking right now for the kids. As so, we speak. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they they've probably eaten dinner without me. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna hold you to. I'm gonna tell you something, sister. This is let me tell you something. A woman here would dream of having that. You have your man cooking in there with your kids now. Do you know how rare that is in the United States? I know, hey. I know because I have friends and I've seen and heard that yeah, not a lot of men do do that. I'm I was very I'm very lucky, I must say. And uh, my husband is also like hands-on dad. I mean, he does everything from changing diapers to bathing the kids, I mean, the little one and school stuff. Uh, so he's like hands-on and he still has a demanding job on top of that. So I'm very lucky. So it, 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 it's great because we're able to to balance work life because we, we support each other in terms of all the different like family stuff. So it's not, it doesn't like fall on me where it, where in most relationships it actually falls on the women. So I'm actually lucky in that aspect. 
Now, uh, this is amazing. So I'm, I'm letting you know that's inspiring. So, yes, you ladies better get into aviation and get you a good man like that. Okay. <laughs> she said she ain't even trying to come to America. And you don't even hear that. She's like, listen, you, you see her face. She said, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good right here. <laughs> you ain't going to be taking my man. Be good right here. I got me a great kid. Um, being, <laughs> being raised and, um, being raised, who were your influences between your um, your mom and your dad? Like, where did this all start? Did you grow up? What kind of way did you grow up? And how has this inspired you um, to be who you are? You know, between, you know, the way you were raised with your parents. I had, um, my, my dad passed away when I was in high school. I was, um, oh, I, was, oh my I, was 15. <laughs> I was, I was 15 years old, but growing up, I mean, I, I must, I, maybe a lot of people say this, but I think I had the best parents. I mean, my dad was just amazing. Um, we had like my sisters and I, we had, we grew up in a very, um, uh, my parents are very liberal. And um, very supportive. How many sisters and brothers? Um, I was three sisters. I grew up in a family with three sisters, so it was four girls. My dad, but my dad has uh, other sons, so like older sons, like before my mom. Uh, so I also have like older brothers. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. The Mavic brothers ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, my, my, my family, my parents are very supportive. Even after my, my dad passed away, I mean, my dad, before he passed away, he knew I wanted to become a pilot and he was very supportive of that. He used to take me to air shows um, wow. when, I, when I was young. Uh, yeah, so I know this is something he would have been really proud of because he wanted, he was very, he was very excited and happy for me that I want, this is what I wanted to do. So even after he passed away, my mom like continued being very supportive. I mean, after I finished high school, I got into, I wanted to fly, but there's no, you couldn't, uh, the fl flying schools were so expensive that I, I, I applied to university, like college, to go study aeronautical engineering and I got accepted and uh, two days before I went to start, like my mom would be like driving out, we bought all the stuff that I need for like college. And uh, two days before I told her that I don't want to do this, that wow. this is not, this is not something I want to do. You know, I've always wanted to fly, but yeah, of course the flying is just too expensive, but I'm going to try to get sponsorships. So can you give me a year? Can you give me a gap year? And my mom, same time, he says, fine. Turn around and uh, yeah. And I was lucky that I got into the Air Force that same year during my gap year. I think in May, I got into the Air Force. So um, taking that gap year and not going to study aeronautical engineering actually helped me because um, um, I got to apply so many places and I eventually got into the Air Force. So uh, I don't know if a lot of parents would have accepted that because I know some parents want uh, no, you to do yeah. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have. So my mom has always been very supportive. So I know my dad was the same. So I think that's – and also growing up with my dad, I was um, – my dad was like – wasn't the, you know, woman – 
should be in the kitchen. I mean, I I never learned how to cook. I learned how to cook when I got married. Really? <laughs> I didn't learn how to cook when I was growing uh, up. African, yes, never. African, wow. It, no, wow. I didn't have wow. to. My I actually used to follow my dad around. I used to go fishing with my dad. My oh, dad wow. taught when when my dad was teaching my older sisters how to drive. I learned how to drive at the same time. So I learned how to drive when I was 12 years old because wow. my dad let me do anything that usually a boy would is supposed right, right, to right. do. You know what I mean? So, so in terms of gender, my family, especially my dad, which is quite important, he never restricted us. So I think that's why it was very easy to choose this career and to stick to it. And not so I didn't care what other people said on the outside because my family, my mom and my dad were very supportive of it. You know that that's 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 your foundation. That's why you're the way you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we actually I think I've taken a lot of pointers in terms of uh, similar way that we're trying to raise our kids. You know, we not uh, we have two boys. We don't have girls. So, but we also trying to teach them that you are gonna do everything that a boy or a girl uh, uh, traditionally you have these gender roles, but with my, our kids, we're teaching them that you're going to do both. So our kids, the older one, he's got chores, washing the dishes. The younger one, uh, when I buy him toys, I also buy him tea sets and kitchen sets because... Already, yeah. Yeah, already. So I'm not going to teach them that men only do that and women only do that. Do everything. Why not? I mean, you're a person, you eat, right? So why don't you learn? (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm trying to sort of follow in the same way like uh, that my my parents um, raised us. Well, yeah, your foundation is incredible. You said you had three sisters. You have two sons. uh, The oldest son, um, do you find him like, what do you think he wants to do when he gets older? He's more into like you know coding, you know, uh, yeah, like coding and 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 programming. So oh, he does his extra extra murals at school. He they do a lot of that uh, coding and robotic stuff, so technological stuff. So, he'll be he'll be uh, IT. He'll be set. He'll be set. I, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So he he loves that. So obviously, then we try and nurture it and make sure that his extra murals he gets to do that and yeah. Now, um, the one thing that's is, is important to me is in Africa, I know that there's a thing, because in South Africa, there tend to be a lot of white people, right? Um, we are under the impression that there's no such thing as white people in Africa. <laughs> people don't realize that, right? Who actually owns Africa? Like, in other words, we're hearing, this is what we're hearing here in America, we're hearing that Africa is not Owned by us is owned by the white people. In that tr- uh oh, you're breaking up. Oh, you're frozen oh. for a bit. Um, so it's such a contentious issue. Um, as I said, we we come from. I mean, if anyone can just Google apartheid, uh, we're yeah. similar. Yes. To, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we. I mean black people were not allowed to do anything in this country in terms of own property, own land, you know what I mean, and work, I mean, do certain types of uh, professions. And so it's, 
it's only been um, since 1994 that a country has been like a democratic country. So it's a lot of the land and stuff, it had been taken over by white people. But remember before they came here, it was only black people here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where the issue came from now. It's that black people were, were forcefully moved removed from their from certain areas and then they moved in and then had uh, had um deeds of that place and then so now trying it's very difficult now to try and undo all of that because people have have deeds and um or have bought the places some it has been passed down from generations but at the same time in terms of um black people is that um you have learned that your ancestors or your great grandfather or great grandfather used to stay there, but they were forcefully yeah. removed. So that that's the whole issue now in terms of a, a lot of black people don't own land. I mean, I'm talking about vast amounts of land. I'm not talking about just where your just house right. is. I'm about, right, right, yeah, I'm talking right. about like enough land to farm and like all. Basically, most majority of the farms are owned by uh, yes. white people in our country, and um, but. Um, but there's a majority black people in the in the country in terms of our demographics. So this still this this is the same issue here. So how are they getting the blacks out? In other words, if they owned it, how are they getting them out? Because people just wasn't educated enough, or the way were they giving them money? Yeah, because remember, remember this was like many years ago, and uh, I mean, the, people were forced out with. I don't know, like they've guns, they've weapons, they've, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a long time ago, and and at that time there were no the, the people that occupied those spaces. There were no deeds. It was just in terms of this family or this tribe or this. They stay in this area. You know what I mean? And then once they forcefully removed, and they signed the deeds and stuff. That's why that's what makes it difficult right now. But yeah, it's such a yeah contentious issue. You know, um, unfortunately, that, that same uh, nonsense is happening. That's worldwide. Um, do you guys stick together out there? Do blacks stick together? Considering that's an issue here, because I feel that black of in, in in New York, I don't feel that Africans and Black Americans are close. There's this kind of mode of there's a separation. It's kind mm. of di- kind of divided, but we feel that the Africans that are here stick together and they mm. probably don't think we stick together. So there's no, uh, there's a disconnect, but is that a same issue there? Like do blacks cut each other's throats or, or do you guys have a medium of sticking together more than the white people do? Um, yes. In South Africa, we like do stick together, but then also remember in South Africa, I think as opposed to the U S is that um, we are like majority. So the country's majority black people already. So everywhere you go, it's a black person. So it's, it, it, that makes it easier, I suppose. But um, the main thing, what I'm, what we seeing nowadays is that there's a lot of more black businesses like starting up and or establishing and stuff. And what I've realized is that a lot of us are now using, uh, purchasing from black businesses or even black professions. So for example, uh, 
having a, a black doctor and right. if you need another type of service, you go to, you, you look for a black service. And we actually have like a, a Facebook page where you can just ask for a recommendation for a doctor, for example, in this area. And then, uh, so they, they would give, people would just recommend all the black doctors in that area or lawyers if you're looking for a lawyer or somebody who makes a baker or whatever. So it's great. So uh, we, we actually support each other a lot. Like some people actually, it, we, even to the point where we want all your like service providers to just be black people. Um, right. So it is, we, so we do stick together. It is, and it's actually getting better. I mean, I would say 10 years ago, it wasn't exactly that, but um, uh, as time goes, more and more people are trying to just, in terms of supporting each other, because um, you won't find a lot of other races supporting, you know, um, they usually support their own. So why don't we do the same? Yeah. That's interesting, because that's why, so if you basically see a black man with a white woman uh, and they married, uh, is, is that considered like, hey, you know, that's wrong. You should have been with your black woman or is that accepted out there like to see that? It's accepted in South Africa. I don't, um, well, it's, I think it's accepted. Uh, I haven't seen people be opposed to it. The only people who'd be opposed to that is usually like a racist who's not happy about, you know, the racism, yeah, <laughs> the racism yeah, yeah. mixing. But um, yeah, it's actually no, no, no issues. I think maybe also it's not, you don't see a lot of couples like that, but I think you're seeing more and more now. Obviously, because also, again, because of our history. Now, you, you uh, guys are known. Yeah. It's, it's sad that you guys are known also uh, to take care of your skin, have incredible skin. Here in America, we see a lot of skin bleaching. There's a lot of situations here, even a community here called Park Hill, Clifton, and Staten Island. It's like a huge uh, African uh, community. And they actually sell this with apartheid and the fact that the white man has, uh, white people have shown this segregation of splitting up and of showing superiority, which is terrible. Do you mm. feel that the fact that people were brainwashed from apartheid to believe that their skin wasn't superior, so now they want to be whiter? Yeah, unfortunately, we also have like those individuals in South Africa, which, yeah, it's quite sad because, I mean, in terms of as a country, hopefully I thought we would have moved from that because um, I think in those times, if you're black or if you're black and even dark skin, it was like seen as, um, you know, you're not, you're not human or you're not pretty or you're not. But then uh, nowadays, it's actually... Uh, people that you meet day to day you don't get a lot of that but you do have individuals that do skin bleaching that you see in the media like some celebrities and stuff so it's it's quite sad i mean yeah so um hopefully we raise our kids better than that and um yeah and you definitely will. brainwashing and not being i don't know confident in your own skin yeah so unfortunately that still happens here too well, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to keep her too long because she has to eat this dinner that her husband is cooking. But I want to say this, right? <laughs> Tradition. I want to touch on two things before you go. Tradition. Would you consider yourself traditional 
because that is probably the biggest issue here in America because there's so many non-traditions, because so many women are doing uh, male-dominated jobs. Um, and a lot of men here don't necessarily want to marry a woman that's non-traditional because they feel as if like she doesn't need me. So a lot of these guys tend to go to different countries to meet a woman to bring them back here because they want a traditional woman. So um, you being in such a traditional country yourself, um, would you still be considered a traditional woman with the career that you have? I think with us, I, I've, I, I, the question you're asking, funny enough, I've experienced it um, differently when I was, because when I was in the Air Force, I used to go into, like, as I uh, told you, Central Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one uh, was one man once asked me if I'm, I think at the time I was like uh, probably 24, 25, 25 probably. And he asked me if I'm married. At the time I said, no. He said, you have kids? I said, no. He, and he was like shocked. Like he said, at that age in this country, you got to be married and at least with three kids by now. And I was like, no. So I think for, it, it, it's, it's very, it's different in terms of the country you're in. But in South Africa, no. In South Africa, I, I think since the end of apartheid, where now um, a lot of black people, you, there's now more opportun- so many opportunities where the, 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 you're able to get into industries or pro- professions that our parents couldn't get into. So I think a, a lot of black women are very ambitious now. They want to become anything and everything under the sun. Yes, so yes. I think there's so many people, there's so many black females that are getting into these types of professions um, that... I think even the South African males are accepting it and you get a lot of couples that you find like a doctor and a lawyer or engineer. So you find a lot of those, especially if you live in the city. Um, It's actually not, it's actually the norm. Yeah, it's actually the norm. Even there in such such a traditional, wow. Yeah. How old did he yeah. you had to be? What did the gentleman, the person told you you had to yeah, be? I was 25 and he was shocked that I was like single with no kids. <laughs> Damn, boy, that's just crazy. So I, I, I feel that this tradition is changing. We're changing the stratosphere. So um, I would, I would love to have you back. I would definitely like to have you back in this super power. I just want you to let us know. Um, Give us a layout on your the point where you're getting up for the day to go to the airport, pick out your A3320, get on this plane, prepare for takeoff to the point of being in the sky and landing that plane. I want you to tell me how this all goes. Okay, so it depends what time the flight is because there's different, sometimes you get morning flights, midday flights or evening flights. So I'll say a typical, let's say midday flight, um, which, um, so it will be different for each day. So in, in, in that, on that day, I would wake up, um, I usually, uh, then my kids are preparing for school. So at, at the, if I have a midday flight or a later flight, I can actually see all of that and preparing for school and I'll drop them off at school and um, I'll go to the gym. So if my flight is later and I can uh, squeeze in an hour of gym, come back, shower, eat, and then go to work. And then when you get to work, you um, basically sign on for your flight and 
then you start going through all the documents most importantly you check the weather because that's that's like yeah that's that will determine how you yeah that 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 will determine how your day will be and uh and then we go through all the documents in terms of uh, what flight level you're going to fly at and um uh and then you you discuss the fuel because now um if you're going to have weather along your route you're going to need a bit more fuel to go around the thunderstorms you're going to have your fuel for diverting if you can't let in your at your destination so you you take uh, extra amount of fuel or um but then also you can't take sometimes you can't take full tanks because also it's not economical it, it the heavier you are the more yeah. uh, the more fuel you burn so that's not your airlines trying to make money the and they are the more fuel you burn that's true yeah Yes, yeah. So as much you can take a lot of fuel but you can't just always take put in full full, uh, full tanks. I'm talking about for domestic for for shorter flights. Obviously for the longer flights you take way more fuel. And then um yeah, so you the, the then the captain comes and then you brief the captain on the weather. You brief him on the everything that the document you just went through which is like your flight plan and on the fuel and then you discuss and then if there's any changes you make the changes and anything else that you need to discuss and then you check the way uh, you check if your aircraft where what bay it's in and then you go out uh, to the aircraft and then depending on who's flying um so as as i said we take turns so if we're doing one leg to cape town another leg back so if for example i'm flying to cape town i'll get into the aircraft the captain and we'll also get in and then we'll do up our uh, checks and then he'll just do the walk around where you have to check the aircraft on the outside there's outside certain outside. yeah outside there's okay. certain things you check from the outside so the engineer has also checked but you also have to check like it's sort of like just <laughs> redundant just right. to make right. sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then um gets back in and then you there's a lot of checks and flows so like all those switches you're talking about Yeah. I think you you mem- you've memorized already but you get used to them the first few times it's like okay it's that but then after that then it's just click 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 uh, you know it's yeah. it's nothing then you program the flight this is where I'm going I'm going to go to all those points and then um and then then you start talking passengers embark then you start talking to the air traffic controllers you get your push back you take C and then uh then you take off and then flight hopefully as planned mostly most of the time is as planned obviously sometimes you might get little like the, what we train for you might get uh, minor to major emergencies but uh, uh, luckily i haven't experienced major in, uh, incidents in the aircraft yeah and then yeah then you land and usually if it's just a day trip so you land that time uh, i'll do the landing so i'll do the briefing uh, to the before, captain before what i'm going to do yeah right. before you land you're supposed to brief because he needs to know she needs to know what you're going to do you know although right, we right, both right, know right. that you're going to land in, on this right way but you need right. you need to explain that i'm using this arrival because there's plates that you um you have certain procedures to land at a certain airport so you need to say i'm going to use this arrival landing on this runway when i land i'm going to do this i'm going to break i'm going to turn at this taxi way and uh, taxi to this bay so he needs or she needs to know every single detail and um 
yeah, so we go through all of that and then talk to the passengers, tell them weather and then our ETA and yeah, then do the landing. And you know, when you, you are, know my favorite part. My favorite part is when you go up, right? It's that part where you're going up the runway and the thing is just going fast and it's just going fast and it goes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How do you do that? I, I, I have to hear this from every pilot. How does this part <laughs> happen? I want to know that part. I'm in the back. I'm in the back of the chair. When, when, in- when, as soon as we, as soon as we touch down, um, Obviously, now the you you had your your power at a certain setting, or uh, and as soon as you touch down, you're gonna cut the power because you don't want to fly anymore, right? <laughs> and then cutting it, then you take it into reverse. So reverse thrust basically just does basically the opposite because now you you don't want to go forward anymore because the engine it it takes you forward. So you're trying to stop the aircraft as quick as possible. So reverse thrust and then we also use brakes but then yeah, um, a lot of the most, yeah a lot of the more sophisticated aircrafts uh, same as the airbus a320 you got auto brake that you can actually just press a button before when you're still in the cruise and during your briefing and when you land you don't have to touch the brakes the the auto brake will now just start braking so what? that's that's the way. yeah that's the nice thing about like, sophisticated aircrafts man you don't have to <laughs> a lot of the stuff the aircraft does you just need to know how to 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 set it up so how to program the stuff and how to manage it and how to take over when it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing because it's it's it is a uh, man-made uh, stuff so sometimes right, they right. might not do. yeah so we always have to be you always have to be in the zone. You, you don't just like lay back and relax and stuff. So, right. yeah. So, um, yeah, then we land. And then now we take, now I become, now the captain comes pilot flying. So then I go just look, uh, do a walk around the aircraft, come back, we go through our flows again. And then now the captain's flying and then I'll be doing the, 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 the radio calls with the air traffic controllers. And then we do the same route back. And then we're back home. And then, yeah, it's actually, that's like a day in the life of, that's a typical um, one-day trip, um, short wow, trips. That, you get back home that, and then, yeah, you still have <laughs> a bit of time like with your family. What, what, what do people know you as? What makes you unique in the, in the aviation? Do people know you as the great lander? Like, what, 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 what is unique about you as a pilot that people know about? As a pilot? Great. Yeah, just as a great working person, a uh, great attitude, or you, you fly fast, you ride, you, you do the trips, <laughs> uh, <and> shit like that. <laughs> uh, I would like to think um, great attitude and... Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, y'all don't get into no arguments like, oh, yo, you, you did it, you did that. Like, y'all don't go into arguments, right? No, 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 we don't. <laughs> <laughs> you put a damn thing over there, man. I didn't do that. You don't want to see the belt. <laughs> no, it's actually quite, in the, in the aircraft, it's actually uh, before you, when you're busy with your training, uh, the, you, there's actually checks and flows that you learn and certain, like these procedures. So right. um, th- there is, 
there's a way of doing things. So there's standard operating procedures that you actually have to follow. So even if you don't like somebody that you're flying with, there's actually things that need to be done and they actually get done no matter the whatever is between us. You know what I mean? So that's the great thing about having those types of procedures is that the work still gets done regardless. Now, and it's not eleven. You guys, you're not able to let anybody in the cockpit, though, right? You can't show anybody around the plane. They could come into the cockpit. Although it's forbidden for people to go in there. Well, since nine eleven, nine eleven basically affected the whole aviation industry. Um, it's 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 now very strict. You can't just uh, get in the flight deck in the air, in the right. air, but on the ground. So when you're disembarking, you can ask the flight flight attendants if you can just um chat to the pilots that's allowed but in the air no wow okay all right so they could somebody could take a picture in there on the way out yeah on the way out you can yeah you can get and take a picture yeah on yeah after landing in south africa though i don't know about the u.s but in south africa yes you can yeah okay I, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go to South Africa dudes because they're not even allowed us here. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. We appreciate you so much. Um, again, I, like I told you, um, I'll talk to you about that real quick offline. But I definitely want us to definitely do something together. Please allow, and of course, uh, I want to interview also a, a stewardess on, on a flight attendant on the plane as well because I know that they have some amazing stories. Um, no, they have stories for days. They see everything, eh? Everything. They see everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, UGT, before you go, he wants to say they have procedures and checklists. One of my good experiences was to be in a cockpit in a B-767 approaching Cape Town. Awesome experience. Oh, nice. Lovely. Cape Town, beautiful, beautiful city. (laughs) Now, Muchi T says this. Now, let me ask you something. Um, what is a B seven six a B seven sixty seven? Uh it's a Boeing. It's a Boeing. So you know, you oh, get uh, you get different types. Yeah, the one of the biggest uh, actually competitors is Boeing and Airbus. So that's a Boeing. Yeah. And um, what is your dream? Your dream plane to fly. I actually haven't flown a Boeing. I would love to fly a Boeing. There's so many different types and sizes. Uh, one of my favorites is 747, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever get a chance to fly that aircraft. But um, definitely flying a Boeing, any Boeing would do. <laughs> any Boeing. That Boeing. I, I heard that for the last one. They said the Dreamliner. So I think it was called the Dreamliner. Yeah, the yeah, Boeing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'd like to fly a Boeing because uh, most Boeing and Airbus, they're quite uh, different. A lot of, like, Airbuses are fly-by-wire, so uh, a lot of the Boeings, you still have, like, you know, your controls right in front of you, while the Airbus is like a little joystick on the side of the aircraft. It's very, it's very, like, chilled. It's very, <laughs> you don't switch. That's, that's the plane that you fly now? It's like a, a joystick? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. joystick on the side. You have the area in front of you is, is like clear. You, while with the Boeing, the, the the control, the flight control is right in front of you. With oh, the Airbus, okay. the, there's nothing. If you can, if you Google Airbus, like inside the cockpit, you'll see that there are no flight controls right in front of you. It's on the side. It looks like a joystick. Airbus um, cockpit. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I got this. So you could, so right now you can tell us basically what this hold on. So that's amazing. Um, so does that make it harder or easier? Um, it makes it easier actually because with a Boeing, a Boeing, it's not only just Boeing, but also other aircrafts that are similar in terms of having the flight controls right in front of you. It's a lot of work in terms of, I'm talking about physical work now. If you're coming into land and the, and the place and, and, and there's like, um, strong winds, especially like a crosswind when it's coming from the side, there's, you, there's actually a lot of manipulation you need to do with those controls. So, but then on an Airbus, it uses fly-by-wire. So everything is very modern. Everything is um, controlled by computers. So that the difference so look, is now when you're flying. Look at this right yes, here. There's a, there's a joystick here. You see it on the left and there's one on the right also. So it's all for both the first officer oh. and the captain. So okay. it's very, the, you, you make very small movements. So unlike with a Boeing where you'd be like just jerking it left, right, forward, front, with the with the Airbus, it's just very gentle movements. And so it makes it easier, but uh, they are, they, there is some getting used to, especially if you haven't, you've been flying like a, flying like a Boeing or any other aircraft. So, but it does make it easier. Airbus is very, it's just mostly computers. So look at this. So this, okay, so now you're on the right side of this. This mm -hmm. is the joystick. What are these controls up yeah. here? Those are just, at the top there, it's just switches for like aircon, for like the heating, for, li for lights. It's not the, yeah. But then also at the top, just a bit uh, back, it's also the firefighting stuff. So if you have a fire in your one, like one of your engines or the APU, like shutting it and all that. So you get all of that up there. But then that's also use it maybe for emergencies. So it's not stuff that you use often. So the stuff you use often, basically the, the screens in front of you, that's what, that's, that's yeah, that's what you use like in terms of basic flying. Now, what is this on the feet? Uh, yeah, they, they, these pedals there. Yeah, the pedals are your rudders and brakes. So the rudder and brake is like one, one system. And be behind this, what is all this here? Which which part? Oh, that's another seat you got. You you have like uh, jump seaters, like people, like somebody can sit there and watch you. So you usually get there's two of them in the Airbus A320, and then you also have circuit breakers back there. Also, it's not something that you you normally use in the air. Uh, it's normally on the ground, and yeah. So a lot of the switches you actually don't you hardly use, eh? <laughs> Probably on right. like certain. You follow a checklist, so normally a checklist will tell you to do one, two, three. But a lot of the stuff you use day to day, it's not it's not that much. <laughs> now, how about this here? What, what what do you bring the plane up and down with right here? Uh, that's the that's for the power. That's the power. So that's the engines basically. So on takeoff, you you push them forward, both of them for full power, and um, that's yeah. how you basically going to start moving forward and then you're going to use the joystick to for lift off and then oh. you're going to use the joystick for landing 
Okay, so this this is how you build the speed up. Now you 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 yeah. increase the same speed in the air as you're going. You increase that speed, right? Yeah, but then you get to a certain cruising um, cruising speed and stuff. So, but in the Airbus, also being very sophisticated, once after takeoff, you you leave it at a certain setting, and then there's auto thrust. So the aircraft actually, uh, depending on what level you are, what you're doing, it will actually reduce and increase the power without you like having to touch it. There's so many automated, <laughs> like you get autopilot, but you also get auto thrust where you don't have to uh, be like the old school way of just, uh, manipulating the the, the, the the power levers to get a certain right. power setting or speed. The aircraft will do it for you. As long as, as I said, the Airbus is a lot of like, it's computer, it's, you're just programming it and then you manage it. But yeah, then you can't, take, you can't take over if it's not doing what it's supposed to do. You can still fly it um, in terms of uh, manually, but a lot of things, it's just very automated. And there's, very, there's a lot of redundancies. If, if something breaks, um, if something stops working, there's uh, another system that just takes over. It takes over it. All right, this is an A3, yeah. uh, Airbus 380. What, 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 could you... There's no difference in flying this, right? Fly this. Yeah. Um. Normally, the differences will be the number of engines. So A380 will be four. So if you look at the power levers, there should be four of them. I can't see much. I can't see that great from here. But the, uh, with the four engines, there'll be four levers. But um, Airbus philosophy yeah, is it. very, very similar. When you can fly the one, you can basically fly the rest, but in terms, obviously, you must still go through the training, but um, they're quite very similar. So you, you you use these levers to move the, to, to put, engage the speed, and you lift up with the joystick. How, how do you yeah. turn in the sky? How do you turn? With the joystick? Yeah, with the joystick. So oh. you're just gonna, like, like um, go to left or right. That's how you turn. And, and, and again, there's not an Airbus that you can't fly. You can fly any Airbus. Yeah, That's Airbus, the quite, philosophy is quite very, very similar. The, the, the controls, everything looks the same. I think it's just a matter of um, studying that specific aircraft technical and also just getting used to the weight and the size of the aircrafts because they will be different. But in terms of how things work, the philosophy, the procedures, they're very, very similar. So it's very, it's easier to just go from one to the other. And you have you have two seats behind you. There's like, how many seats are here? Yeah, two seats. Uh, well, on the 320, there's two seats. I'm not sure about the 380. Okay. This 380 is yeah. a little big out here. So is this good? You can pull yeah. the seat back no matter how big a person is? Yeah, you can push the seat back can push, take it up, down, pedals, forward, backwards. So a lot of, I mean, I'm short and I can fit properly. <laughs> I just bring the pedals forward, seat up, and I'm good to go. And how tall are you? Um, 1.6 meters or 160 centimeters. So I'm not sure how converting it to, to your... Yeah, we'll, we'll find. We're gonna find that one out. <laughs> That's how you see. <laughs> so you feet and uh, let's see. What's that? 
So I'm five feet two, I suppose. Is it five point two? What do you? Five two, five two, and you fly that yes. big. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen. I I don't want to take them much of her time. This woman is spectacular. This is my third interview with uh, Airplane Pie. This queen is from Africa. She's in Africa now. Um, she's doing the thing, and we're going to inspire. She is going to, you look at it our first, she's going to be our first female black captain. I'm, I'm, I'm watching. She, <laughs> I'm telling you, she's going to be our first. So this is, this is amazing. Shout out to Michael Petrucci. A lot of people here that are actually uh, airplane fans as well. We salute you, sister. This is spectacular. And again, um, did you ever think of doing anything in the future, kind of giving like classes on, because I, I think you would be great with that. Would you, would, did you ever think of doing anything as far as doing any classes for anybody that would want to uh, kind of have like some mentorship to get into aviation? Yes, no, definitely. It's something I've actually done before. When I was in the Air Force, I used to do it quite often. And um, I think when I joined airlines, then I got married, then I had kids. My my life just beca uh, started becoming so busy. But it's something I'd really want to get back into doing. And as I said, um, going to 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 schools and like just trying to encourage those young like girls at a school level uh, who are still choosing careers. So it's something I'll definitely still want to do. You know what? Hey, I think we have a female pilot here. Um, UGT says, sis, I'm from Zim. As an acquaintance from Zim flies the B787 for Emirates. Do you know that language there? Do I know? Sorry, do I know what? Some, some, a, somebody said, sis, I am from Zim. Oh, uh, sis, it just means like sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're saying, yeah, they're, from, yeah, yeah. They're, saying they're from Zim. I don't know where Zim is. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's great. Oh, they fly for Emirates. That's oh, okay. great. Um, Zim flies the B Boeing seven eighty seven for em for Emirates. No, I think I think this person says they're originally from Zimbabwe, but oh, they okay. they probably now in Dubai flying for Emirates. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because we 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 also get a lot of like South Africans that. Uh, go and fly for Emirates, for Cathay, or for Qatar and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Zim is um, our neighboring country, yeah. But hold on. He's, he's saying there are many black female captains in Africa. We said South Africa. No, he I was talking about South Africa, not not Africa, not the rest of Africa. So in Africa, yes, definitely they are, I've read and seen, but not in South Africa, not in airlines in South Africa. Uh, he says... There was also a black crew on the Dreamliner flown from Ethiopia as well as Kenya that has flown to New York. Plenty of accomplished female pilots in Africa. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of other like um, countries in Africa, they do have quite a lot of uh, black, black female pilots and black female um, captains. Um, I've seen like, um, I think your Kenyan airways, Ethiopian airways and stuff. So they are quite a lot. So I was just talking about South Africa and South Africa, unfortunately, we don't in terms of captains, female captains. Yes. So you're looking at the future first black female. 
<laughs> so we appreciate you. Mucci T, we wish you were here earlier. Again, I have to let her go. Believe me, I could have her all day, but I'm just as hungry as she is. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, oh, okay, he says sorry. He said, uh, okay, sorry. I got you. I am surprised. I would have thought SAA has many female captains now. This is really surprising for me. Because um, you were asking about black female captains. So, in terms of female captains, yes, there are a lot. In, there are like a few uh, in, in South Africa. But in terms of black female captains, they don't exist in airlines in South Africa. Oh my God, apartheid is still going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we still still have a long way to go. Okay, Terrence, shoot your question, because she's got she's to be out of here. Get, the, the, the sister, give me like three minutes. Somebody just has another question for yeah, you. Terrence, yeah, no, wait. I'll wait for it. All right, what's your question, Terrence? Yeah, so Muchi said, I, I, yes, I mean specifically black. Very sad. So he agrees with you. Muchi T says, yes, I mean specifically black. Very sad. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. Terrence, shoot your question. So, um, wow, this is crazy. So we're looking at history in the making. We're looking at history in the yeah, making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully in five years' time, in less than five years' time, would be like at least naming and like you know i'm hoping so things are changing so hopefully soon yeah but um covid has also like sort of um delayed things and stuff so hope for the best in the near future um he said congratulations sister be the pioneer get your wings sis get your wings sis (laughs) I got my wings. They're my wings. <laughs> show me your wings. Hold on. Show Thank them. you. Show me your wings. wings. That's right. That's right. Uh, Terrence, <laughs> when he used to, Terrence B says, when I used to work at JFK, I used to see South African airline flight attendants walk separate. Why? Walk separately? Uh, no, I think a lot of times, um, when they they get out of the flight deck, uh, no, actually, what I've experienced with my like crew that I fly with, it's always uh, we wait for each other. Like let's say we're going to the hotel or whatever, or leaving the the, the 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 airport, we'd always wait. Like the flight crew, flight deck crew would always wait for the flight attendants. So usually would work, be walking like in a like all together. But then now you get people chatting to their friends along the way, but. Most most crews that I've seen, I haven't really experienced that issue. As you can see, um, it says here, uh, why would white, black would walk with black and white would walk with white? Why is that? Uh, yeah, as I said, with the flights I've done, also that that would be my experience is that uh, we usually all wait for like for everybody and then we all walk together but then as i said in that whole group depending on how big the crew is obviously if it's like five like 10 of you or whatever uh, now you'll find maybe these two chatting to one another these four chatting to one another so that you get yeah i suppose but as i said i mean we still come from like a history i mean our country still has a history so 
sometimes you do hear those situations where yeah where it happens but yeah a lot of times or a lot of other times it's been what i've experienced it's been uh, like like a, a sort of like close the crews are close when we wow. go on trips and stuff because we would get to the hotels also we usually go out together we go out for dinner together especially in terms of the flight deck we usually do all go out together so yeah I, i suppose it depends on the day and it depends on the person yeah so yeah fortunately you still do get those people even outside our industry you still do get yeah well this this is this is super fascinating i think uh you're going to encourage a lot of uh women again how, how what is the maximum there's no maximum age i know here you you have to retire at 65 Yeah, no, same, same, same in South Africa. Look, retirement age in South Africa is also sixty-five. Um, you get some places where maybe sixty-three or, but that's also the it's also the same here. You must just uh pass your medicals, obviously. So if you can't see and can't hear, then of course, I mean, we go through we do medicals once a year, and then I think once you get a bit older, I think you start doing it twice a year, if I'm not mistaken. But Yeah, you just need to be able to do to to pass your medicals and then you can continue flying up until retirement. Now, when do you go out again? You're going out tomorrow or today? Tomorrow? Tomorrow? No, no, no. No, I'm not going out now. Apparently, uh, unfortunately with COVID, it's uh, been grounded and um still going through some stuff. Hopefully back in the air soon. Crossing yeah. thumbs. But yes. um I think the industry worldwide has been like hard hit by covid mm-hmm. but I think it's slowly slowly getting back on its feet I think once yes. um yeah I think once the numbers like the covid dates and stuff go down flying and um tourism will pick up again and obviously when it picks up then flying will pick up again so yeah Well this is a great encouragement to 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 visit the country to get more involved in the country A lot of you black men out here that just keep wanting to go to these Latin countries, you got to learn how to go to your motherland, man. Stop it, man. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mutsi <laughs> 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 uh, says you are inspiring and hopefully you visit some schools sometimes to inspire young girls, especially black girls. Sometimes exposure is all that is needed. Do we spoke about yep. that? Yes. No, definitely. Something I've done and something that I still want to do. in the future I always believe i mean uh, as i said you actually when you get to those schools you, you just rock up in your uniform before you even say anything you've already made such a big impact so it's mm. definitely de- definitely definitely necessary when when a young girl sees basically that they can do i mean if, if, if they become more encouraged when they see themselves you know somebody that looks like them somebody that comes yeah. from the same similar areas and stuff like that so definitely very important go well, we hear a little one crying in there he's like mom get it here damn it get it here he's, he's been looking for me i had to hide i'm actually hiding in his bedroom he's been looking for me <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you so so much and I want to know I, I want you to tell the crowd cuz I'm not going to be saying it myself will you come back? Sorry, will I come back? Will yes, you? no, definitely. Yeah, I will definitely. I really enjoyed this. No, it was great talking to you and right. yeah, I'll definitely be back. Well, <laughs> Hopefully when I'm back, I'll be back flying and yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, and you will be because I am rooting for you, sister. Last last <laughs> comment. Moochie says, Nate, pound for pound, Cape Town is one of the most beautiful places in the world, though it's still controlled by other folks. We, 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 we need, because even when I bring you back, I need you to give us more education about Africa um, as mm-hmm. well. So, so people that may not get lost in the mode of you, you, you're the pilot and that's who you are. But we also want to give them some education because we need some more African sisters from Africa represented. So um, please let your peoples know as well. You know, I definitely want to interview them, especially a, a flight attendant. Um, okay. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, you know, if they scared the shorty face, don't worry about it. Tell them they can always do this because you could always do this. You could always block the face <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that will be an issue. <laughs> okay, because they love the camera anyway. So we really appreciate yeah, yeah. everybody, man, and you have been sensational. We appreciate